Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, welcome back to the Shaw's and Star Market Patriots postgame show. It's Joe Murray and Leroy Irvin here. It's finally over. Yes. Preseason football. Thank God. Finally over. Can I, can I, can I just address something? Because I didn't like the way you were looking at me uh, the last break when I said that the Pats uh, this preseason has been a success because the offensive uh, the offense looks functional. I, I, I really I wasn't happy with the way you were looking at me. It was a look of disgust. And I just want to say, Joe, here's the deal. Last season, all right, let's let's jump into DeLorean and go back to last season. Think about this. We were hearing at a camp. People saying, oh, my God, this is the worst offense they've ever seen in their lives. We were being told it is laughable. It is a disgrace. And many of us sat there and said, you know what? Ah, what are they talking about? We, they, they're just saying that. They're just, they're just coming up and making up stories and trying to be negative, blah, blah, blah. And then we got a, a look at the offense for ourselves. And oh, my bad. God. And this year, they everything we've heard. telling the truth. And everything we've heard this year has been fairly accurate. Joe, we've heard that other coaches and, and stuff. Oh, wait. Uh, well, also, yeah, yeah. We got Greg Bedard oh. from the Boston Sports <laughs> Journal on the line. Sorry. Greg, that was, a long, that was a long-winded answer of, was this preseason a success for the Patriots, Greg? <laughs> They, they don't call him Lobar Leroy for anything. <laughs> they looked, they looked somewhat functional this preseason. Hey, hey. Give him a trophy now. <laughs> it's a ribbon. You give him a little, you know, a little I, ribbon. I, I like Andrew Callahan of the Herald, so I just, it popped up. It just I I saw it and I went, huh? Where where's the actual trophy? So yeah, they do look functional. Um, but really, was this a successful preseason in your opinion? Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> n- no, I really don't think so. Now, does it have anything to do with the regular season? No, or gosh, I really hope not. Um, but, you know, look, uh, you know, from what I've seen in every single practice, and I've been all of them, um, from what I've seen in the preseason games, watching the coaches film, um you know, I, I think the team on both sides of the ball has made – they've made some progress um, this season. Um, I know it looks god-awful on offense. I mean, when you have 79 total yards in a preseason game, 24 passing yards, I mean, that's that's really about as bad as it gets. I mean, it really is. I think they had – what, they have six sacks in the game? Yeah, six sacks, three fumbles – by Bailey Zappi, I mean, it doesn't look any worse than that. I, look, the offensive line is in terrible shape right now. I have to have faith that it's not going to be the offensive line that they start against only the best defensive line in all of football <laughs> in week one against the the Philadelphia Eagles. So, um, look, they, the, the bones is there for them to be a 
capable offense this year. You just have to worry about how long it's going to take to put that all together with, you know, a new coaching staff or, or at least a new offensive coordinator, injury problems all over the place from, you know, wide receiver to tight end to offensive line. You know, if we were looking at another team, if this was a team in the division, if this was, say, the Jets, you'd be like, holy cow, these guys are going to be a disaster this year. I am not willing to go there with the Patriots. I've seen too much of this team over the years, including last year. Uh, But, you know, I think they'll be capable to start the season. I hope so. All right, and just to to follow up, we'll we'll do a whole segment on the Bailey Zappi stuff because we we gotta we gotta talk about it and be fair. And I'll take the L. All right, I'll take an L at some point here, Greg. Uh, but Leroy, you want to follow up on that success? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> do you get a sense that the Patriots are confident that they'll get things together when it comes to the offensive line, or are they concerned too? I do, Leroy. I do think that they are confident. I question where that confidence comes from. Mm. Um, for a couple of different reasons. And number one is obviously the injuries. Like, you know, what what is it going to look like? Are these guys going to be ready? Can they get enough live reps in the next two weeks to get ready for Jalen Carter and jo- uh, Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox and Josh Sweat and, like, all these guys on the Eagles? Are, are they going to be ready for that? And, you know, at least they play – they go up against a pretty good defense, you know, in, in practice. So that gives you some hope. Um I I would say the thing that would keep me up at night and does keep me up at night as a football watcher is how good is Adrian Clem, the offensive line coach? Um, if it was Dante Scarnecchia, I wouldn't have any worries. Yeah. I'd be like, he's going to have these guys ready. The thing that has bothered me watching this team on film, and even the backups, even the, you know, but like, look, Moffey's a guy who didn't play tonight. That's a good sign for him maybe a little bit of a scary sign that they may be targeting him to start in week one uh, at Cole Strange's spot, um, which leads to other issues. Mm-hmm. But what's bothered me watching the film is like the, like the, the fundamentals have not been good with this group and they haven't gotten better. Um, you know, such as, um, you know, their pad level, just simple stuff like, you know, pad level driving off the ball, their duo blocks to the second level, the timing, the leverage, like all that stuff, like it's just not good. And can you clean it up in two weeks? Um, I have my doubts. Uh, Michael and Wayne, who came off the uh, the pup list this week, last week, you mentioned that he was with the team and uh, they said mentally he's ready to go, got a few reps. Where do you think he will play week one? Will he be a guard or will it be a tackle? Uh, I think it'll be a guard. I think the Riley, Riley Reef injury tonight complicates things. Um, it didn't look good. Um, I mean, he did walk off, but, um, you know, you're a little bit worried about that. I was envision- envisioning a situation where, um, let's say, we haven't seen Col- uh, Connor McDermott in a while, so, you know, I guess I rule him out for week one right now. That could change come the next practice. But I was targeting Michael Wenu for a start at right guard and maybe rotating a little bit with Riley Reef. That's normally how they bring guys from injury. Um, you know, I still think at the end of the day, I think their best offensive line is their normal four. Trent Brown, Cole Strange, David Andrews. Michael went into a right guard and you just figure out right tackle. Like it's, it's easier to figure out a tackle spot than it is a guard spot. 
Um, you know, because you could just put a tight end over there and you can help him out or chip with a, with a running back, you know, like dealing with a guard is a little bit different, especially if the team knows you're a little bit weak in one place and they can overload and turn the center to one side and, and preoccupy the center. It's easy to single up a guy at guard. It's harder to do that at, at tackle. Do you think they'll keep eight linemen? How many, when this thing gets cut? Down, I have nine on mine. Nine. Wow. Yeah, I mean they they normally they normally keep a bunch. I mean normally they like to go um you know double backups at tackle. They don't usually go with like just one swing tackle as backup. You're asking for trouble um when you do that and um you know two interior yeah, two so that would be five and four. Yeah, two interior backups like at the minimum. You know, you'd really like to have 10. Um, but I don't see them doing, I don't think they have enough guys worthy, but I have, uh, my latest one, I have Trent Brown, so reef and McDermott, uh, Andrews, a strange Jake Andrews, a to- uh, Tony Omafi, uh, as the interior guys as nine, I would be surprised if they kept eight. I would be shocked. Wow. Wow. Uh, and so just to be clear, do you don't see Cole strange being ready for week one? No, I, I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried that, I mean, at least we saw him out at practice. The last practice he was watching, didn't have pads on, had his helmet, but he was watching. So that was progress for him. That Moffy didn't play tonight worries me. That, that that they're basically saying, like, he's got to start week one. We can't afford an injury at guard. We have to sit him. So those two things, Moffy not playing tonight and and also where he was playing because, you know, he's always been at left guard the last couple of weeks. It was strange to me, like, you know, why not why not try and give him some snaps at right guard because they might have to be the swing guard. They haven't done that. He's only been at left guard. That tells me that they think Wenu is closer than Strange is. All right, Greg Bedard's here. He's from the Boston Sports Journal. Uh, we do have to get into Bailey Zappi's preseason and tonight. And uh, I, I have a few questions uh, at the same time. It was not good. So uh, we'll let Greg uh, break it all down. And uh, I'll ask him uh, what he thought about Bill O'Brien chewing him out on the sideline after a week ago. It was Bill Belichick chewing out Mac Jones at a joint practice. But we'll get into the ba- uh, Bailey Zappi's night. We'll do that coming up on the other side. This is the Shaw's and Star Market postgame show on the Safety Insurance 98.5 The Sports on Patriots Radio Network. For one of those specialist jobs, but, you know, those are tough to forecast. Wow, he fumbled, fumbled oh, Zappi again. got sacked, and as Zoe told you, the ball came loose again. Third fumble for Bailey in this game. He's recovered two of them. Can't control the rush. It's a very frustrating night for him. And Billy keeps putting him back out there. All right, back here on the Shaw's and Star Market postgame show. Uh, this season, as part of their Apex Cares program, Apex Entertainment will be donating $100 to the New England Center for Children for every converted field goal, every point, every dollar helps. For more information, go to apexentertainment.com. No field goals tonight. Well, I know on the other team they had a doink um, off the field goal, but uh, that was that was it tonight as far as kicking goes. We couldn't really get much of a kicking competition, which I think will be a position battle at some point that we'll get to later on tonight. Uh, but Greg... Uh, not a good preseason overall for Bailey Zappi. Um, I'm sure people, I'm already getting blad about it already. So go, <laughs> go ahead. But 
Yeah. Um, I will say this, like, to be fair, you know, you look at the line and what can he do, but he can't put the ball on the ground three times. He did throw a hospital ball up last week to to, uh, Trey Nixon. It hasn't been pretty, and it sounds like since that one day that I was there, things have regressed a little bit. (laughs) Alex Barth put the, you know, said that to me today. I was the guy that put the whammy on him, but... um, I feel like it was a different storyline today, though. Uh, I mentioned the Bill O'Brien off the side. <laughs> that was that was interesting. And again, I, I don't, I'm just going by what happened at joint practices with Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. Well, now it's Bill O'Brien publicly doing it. Um, early on, I know he was getting on Riley Webb about not running the right route, but um, Zappi was asked after the game about coming back into the game at halftime. He goes, "That was the head man's decision. I do what I'm told." But he sounds like the decision was made in the moment. So, overall, Bailey Zappi's night, it was awful. I can't defend it, but was there a message sent tonight? Like, I kind of felt like they left their backup quarterback out there. They hung him out to dry, and they didn't care if he got injured or not. Uh, I didn't see it that way. I mean, I can understand why people will see it that way, and, and I could be wrong. But, you know, I just saw it as, look, we suck on offense. Like you're going to keep going out there until we do something on offense. Mm. And um, I've seen Belichick take that approach uh, before. Um, As far as Zappy overall. um, Yeah. Not a great preseason for him. Um, Not a great summer for him. I do have questions about whether he's a good fit for the traditional Patriot scheme. I think he was a better fit for, uh, the dumbed down Matt Patricia scheme, which mm-hmm. was probably more like what he ran in college. Um, that being said, uh, and, and also he needed to do more with what he had. I mean, yeah, the line wasn't that good. And yeah, the receivers weren't that good, but you see other guys in preseason games doing more. Um, that being said, uh, I'm not down on Bailey Zappi. I think he's, I think he's a good s- solid backup quarterback. Um, I think you put him in there with the regulars, with a game plan that he knows what's going on. I think he's very capable of executing it. Um, I, I I don't think that the just like the Mac Jones thing. I I thought that was overblown by some in the media. Uh, I think this is a little bit overblown. I think this is just the way O'Brien and Belichick deal with things. I thought that the Mac Jones thing was just. You know, Bill being Bill and getting on the team in general, I didn't see him as airing out Mac Jones, and I saw the whole play, and I was right there on the sideline. It did, it did not uh, – that interaction did not surprise me and, you know, didn't cause me to think anything. And just like this, I mean, I, I, I did think it was odd that Zappy sort of went back at Bill O'Brien sort of with the palms up. You don't see that from, um, you know uh, – uh, you know, the the private there. I mean, I, I he reminds me of the guy from um, Loudon Downey. He reminds me of the guy from A Few Good Men. Uh, you don't see that very often for Private Downey. But uh, this time he went back after his superior, and I thought that was interesting. And uh, But I, I don't think he's in any danger. I think that they him playing a lot in the second half was just about, we haven't done crap on offense. You're the best quarterback that we have. Go do something. Be productive. And he didn't. Not all his fault, but he could have been better. Yeah, just to take out the offensive line and whatever. This was the summer where he could have taken the next step and really challenged. And, you know, when he asked, hey, is this a quarterback competition? He said, yes. He did not do enough 
even at camp, forget about the preseason games. I don't think he did enough uh, to even uh, to supplant Mac Jones. So uh, we can say that the competition is officially over, right, Greg? <laughs> you said it. I did. You know, it's, a, it, it, it's it's all good. I mean, hey, I got to fall on the sword, right? I'm, I'm gonna, if I'm going to swing and miss on go. a take, I got to you know at least yeah, make I sure Jeremy's recording this and sending it to my private email so uh, I could put this on my Twitter account. Yeah. Okay, I'll get it. Uh, so Malik Cunningham uh, against Houston, he comes out, he does his thing, gets everybody talking, and then we pretty much don't hear from him again from the QB position. What happened? What I mean, is he is he not getting it? Or uh, I'm just trying to figure out what happened to Malik just Cunningham. Just to follow up, he got snaps right after that first game, Greg. Didn't you say that? Like he actually got QB snaps, and then all not, of a sudden he not real, it. not real, not snaps. real. Okay. No, he got slash snaps, not dedicated like here. Here's a drive for you to work at quarterback. He never got that again. I think it was just – I think the first game was just about we might need you in an emergency situation or what have you. Let's get you at least prepared to do it. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots looked at it on film, you know, a couple nice designed QB keepers, a couple nice throws – but at this point in camp, especially going to a joint practice with the Packers where reps are at a minimum for, you know, you really just have time for the the starter and the backup, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he wasn't going to get any snaps that week. And then they came back and they decided instead of joint practices, they went into regular season prep mode. And, and, and it's just like I told the guys on Felger and Mavs. Like, I understand the conversation and I understand the fun with it, but in the reality of NFL and the training camp and preparing a team for a season, it's not reality to go from a, to take a guy who you evaluated as a wide receiver Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden start Mm -hmm. training him to be a third string quarterback. It's just not reality. So the hope, the hope is you get him back on practice squad. The the question I think is going forward, if they do release him, which I think is what they're going to do, and if they do get him back, what he's put on film at wide receiver, is it bad enough that they say, you know what, you're going to be the third or fourth quarterback on the team now. Like, you're that bad at wide. I think he was that bad at wide receiver through all of this. The practices, the preseason where you're just like, it's not going to happen at wide receiver at least anytime soon. Or did they see enough to develop it? I think that's now the question with Malik Cunningham. Just uh, on the quarterback note, uh, Trey Lance got moved today uh, for a fourth-round pick. He's going to Dallas. I thought that was a good spot for him, maybe even my uh, Miami. But um, as far as the quarterback position, you think they're fine with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi? And, you know, would Trace McSorley still have a shot if he's kicking around at some point if they're looking for another body? Well, they're going to need somebody on practice squad. Um, it could be Trace McSorley. Uh, it could be somebody else. I mean, I, me personally, from what I've witnessed all summer, I think they're fine with what they have, and they need a guy like Trace McSorley as a third quarterback on the practice squad. I wouldn't go any more than that. Now, if you get a chance to, if there's a guy out there who's tradey and you can add him to the practice squad, I'm not wasting a roster spot on the guy. But if you find somebody that you liked coming out of college who's released that you know you think has a chance then yeah i put him on the practice squad but i'm i'm going two on the regular roster and i'm going one or two on the practice squad 
All right. It's Craig Bedard. We'll get uh, more of his thoughts on some more position battles uh, coming up. You mentioned you got uh, nine on the offensive line. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of defense tonight. Some guys stood out. We saw the debut of uh, Marte Mapu uh, as well. We'll get Greg's thoughts on it. Leroy's as well. I'm Joe Murray. Uh, we will get to the Sports Hub headlines. There were a few other games tonight uh, in the NFL and also uh, over at Fenway Park, Mookie Betts. Made his debut. We'll do all that now here in Sports Hub Headlines. Stonehouse, second-year punter for Tennessee. And he drills oh, this punt no, into the end zone. Don't return no. it. He's going to try. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, my. Well, there's an inexperienced guy. Kevin well, Cord's not happy with that. <laughs> What's he doing? Supposed to put your foot on the five. yard punt. <laughs> and the Patriots will start inside the five. Shaw's in Star Market Post Game Show. Brought to you by Kesha's Law, New England's Patriots. Uh, New England Patriots official law firm has won over $2 billion for their clients. When you're injured and can't work, turn to Kesha's Law. There's no fee unless you win. Go to Kesha'sLaw.com to schedule your free consultation. Today, we're joined by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. It's Joe Murray and Leroy Irvin, and that was Zoe and Sosie saying, no, no. J.J. Uh, Taylor, who I thought has uh, had a nice little last couple of games besides that play, Greg. Uh, not a good one, but I want to give Leroy credit on this one. The smart play when it's five five yards are, are in is you let it go. I understand he's trying to make a play. That was kind of Leroy's take is he's trying to do something there. So I'll give him a pass on it, but um, I hope that the coaching staff also gives him that pass because he's certainly on the bubble. I would hope so. I mean, you know, J.J. was a guy who, um, watching the game film off of last week, just jumped off the film. I mean, not only for what he did, breaking tackles and causing people to miss tackles, but he was tremendous in pass protection. I mean, he made a couple of outstanding plays, which is, you know, at his height and his position, it's, you know, one of the keys, and it caused me to put him on my 53-man roster. I have at running back, I have Stevenson, Elliott, Taylor, and Pierre Strong, cutting Harris, Montgomery, and C.J. Merrill. Whoa. Um, Montgomery, I, uh, huh? Time yeah, well, I mean, I, he, <laughs> I, how, how long are we going to do this? You know, I call him Little Jordan Montgomery uh, for, <laughs> like, you know, let's just keep him around for – Hoping that something's going to happen, and you know my my new nicknames are uh, are uh, uh, Juju Sanu and uh, Little Jordan <laughs> Montgomery. Wow, um, cold but uh, yeah, but I you know JJ he's never going to be back there to return a pun. I mean, maybe once in a while he'll learn from this, but I just think I just think he's put out really good film. I mean, as far as a third down back, if you want somebody between the twenties, you know Elliot can do it, obviously. But he doesn't bring any pop. If you're looking for somebody that could bring some pop in the game, it's JJ Taylor. Like I don't even want Pierre Strong around anymore. But he was a he was a fourth round pick, so I'm giving him that nod. Uh, Kevin Harris was a sixth round pick. He hasn't shown anything. Ty Montgomery is never on the field, and he's if he's not hurt now, he's bound to get hurt. He looks like he was held out to me to release him without being hurt, even though he did leave pr- the last practice with another injury. Um, so that's where I am as with the running backs. Hey, uh, Kayshawn Booty, we didn't get to see him tonight. Does that mean he's mm-hmm. made the team? He did. He did play three snaps. He was out there. 
Um, I do think he's made the team. Um, I do think now is that because Tyquan Thornton's hurt and they're not sure when they're going to get him? I can't tell you, but uh, I put him on my latest 53. I have given in on Kayshawn Booty. I still don't think he's, I still don't think he's very much, um, you know, could his, whatever he dealt with physically with the combine this off season, you know, could the doctors be telling the Patriots that a year from now he's going to regain his explosiveness or could, I can't tell you that. But what I see on film, he's not explosive. He's a possession receiver. That's it. Uh, he catches the ball. He finds a way to get open sometimes, but I think he's on the 53, um, right now. Over, I mean, you know, look, they don't have that many guys left. Over Cunningham and Thyric Picks, uh, I have them keeping six wide receivers. You know, will that change if Tyquan Thornton gets healthy and is a factor? We'll have to see. Any word on uh, Tyquan Thornton as far as the, the timetable when he might come back? No. no I have no. nothing on that. Wow. Um, just with the new rules here, uh, Greg, everything comes down to 53 players uh, Tuesday. Obviously, we know that. Players need to be on the official roster on Tuesday and then can be placed on uh, on the pup list. Does yep. Thornton fall into that IR. category, or, or IR? Does Thornton, does Thornton fall into that? Cole Strange? Are there other other guys that could fall into that category? Uh, could very well. I mean, I would think. I mean, Thornton. You know, you're just judging off guys that we haven't seen in a while. I think that Isaiah Bolden is one of those guys. I think that. Thornton is one of those guys. Um, it looks like Gesicki was getting health healthy towards the end of last week. Um, could Connor McDermott be one of those guys? Possibly. Um, you know, so yeah. So what, you know, you right now, if a guy's injured, if he has been cleared to practice in camp, if he is currently injured, you only have two choices with him. Um, well, three, you can cut him and give him a, a, a injury, uh, bonus or a severance package. Um, you can put him directly on IR, which would end his season, or he has to be on the 53, and then you can move him to in-season IR, where I think he has to be on for at least three weeks, um, and then you can activate him. So those are the options. Uh, any other position battles you're looking at uh, with, with tonight? And I guess I want to ask you about Jack Jones just being out there. Is he out there because there's the unknown of his future? I don't think it was great, but looking at the defensive backs, um, did anybody make a case to to, to make the team tonight? And uh, any insurance for Jack Jones, any players that are out there? Yeah, Jack Jones was definitely curious. Um, you know, a few different possibilities that they think that um, he could be pleading out his gun charges, which could lead to a suspension rather quickly. Um his treatment tonight was sort of like the Brandon Browner treatment when he was suspended for the first four games. Um, he played a lot in the final preseason game, knowing that he wasn't going to play for a month. Um, that could be it. Um, you know, it could be that they're punishing him a little bit for, you know, what sort of his actions um, this off season. It could be that they uh, are not slotting him to be a starter that, you know, like a guy who sat out today was Marcus Jones. Now, do I think Marcus Jones is better than Jack Jones? No, I don't. But could the Patriots be saying we're going to start Christian Gonzalez on the outside, Jonathan Jones on the outside, and Marcus Jones at the slot, and Jack Jones as a backup? 
that's possible. And the other possibility, which I think is probably the longest possibility, that they're showcasing him for a trade, that hmm. they are, are done with him and moving on. Again, I think that's the longest odds, but you can't rule it out. Uh, Marte Mapu, we finally got a look at him tonight. Um, it's, I liked what he did against the run at one point. The play in the back of the end zone, I think if it's a better throw, it's it's caught. Uh, but I, I just finally, I've heard the guy. It was like a myth. Who is this guy? Marte Mapu. And yeah. he's finally out there. But you've seen him in camp. And what did you think of him tonight? Uh, I thought it was okay. You know, I thought he looked like a rookie getting his first action. Um, I'll be very interested to watch the film on him to see how he did. Uh, I think it was a little bit hit and miss, which you expect. I don't expect him to be pushing for a huge role on this team early. I think it will will evolve with the amount of time that he's missed. I think, you know, if he's active to start the season, you're targeting more of a how they do it with rookies is basically like you're getting this small role. Hey, you're going to go after Dallas Goddard on third and long. You know, you're going to study all his routes and stuff like that and be ready for him, that sort of thing. I don't think it's going – I don't think he's going to be a starter or anything in week one or early on in the season. Um, You were asking about some of the other position battles. I did think it was not a great sign, and I was a bit surprised that Carl Davis was out there for a long time in this game, very, very late in this game. Um, I have him on the 53, but maybe they're looking to save a roster spot there. Maybe it's Sam Roberts who played well tonight. Um, Mac Wilson did not, well, he might've, no, he did play tonight. Um, but I do not have him on this team. I have Calvin Munson making it over him as sort of the special teams, uh, backup linebacker guy. And so those are sort of the extent of the position battles that I was watching tonight. Just one more before we go to break that we didn't get really to see the kickers tonight. Um, there's not a lot of kickers around the league. I was talking to Alex Barth about this today, but Nick Folk gets cut. He's from Dallas. They need a kicker. I mean, could they go into the season with two kickers on their roster? Well, I think it's going to be an interesting dance. I think that um, from what I understand, I think the Patriots um, know what they have in Nick Folk. I think they know that they pretty much have to go with Behringer, um, considering his draft status, unless he was especially shaky, which he has not been. It hasn't been the greatest summer, but, you know, whatever. They made their choice. I think that the Patriots are angling for a trade to trade Nick Folk. I think they are hoping that there's a market for him. It would be a, in my opinion, it would be a draft pick swap. And they're hoping that teams like the Titans, the Cowboys, the Browns, the 49ers lost, I think, two kickers tonight, that those teams are desperate enough that they pony up um, for Nick Folk. And if if people are waiting for the Patriots, if, if they call Bill Belichick's bluff, then yes, I could see both kickers on the initial 53-man roster. I don't think the Patriots are not going to release Nick Folk. They know that he has he has value around the league, and I do not see them just straight out releasing him. Now I need to search what kickers are going for on the <laughs> trade market now. What a take there by <laughs> Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Uh, we will wrap this up uh, here on the other side, and we'll look ahead to the Eagles finally. We'll, we'll put the uh, preseason behind us. We'll look ahead, and we'll also get Greg's thoughts on uh, the GOAT coming back to New England uh, for the home opener. We'll take a quick break here. Leroy Irvin, I'm Joe Murray. We'll uh, wrap it up with Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal coming up next here on the Safety Insurance, 98.5 The Sports Hub, Patriots Radio Network.
Ah, music of the game. Brought to you by Live Nation. It's the spectacular return of Bruce Springsteen and the legendary E Street Band live in Foxborough. This Saturday night at Gillette Stadium. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. And uh, I know there was many people there last night. They're playing again tomorrow at Gillette. Be a nice old take, Leroy, you know? Us going in with our uh, our boss outfits, you <laughs> okay. know? We'll meet Greg Bedard there, right? You know, I don't, I don't know if you... Are you a Bruce Springsteen guy, Greg Bedard? Uh, I don't dislike bruce but i'm not in the bbwaa so uh, i'm not i'm yeah. not a huge fan i don't understand it like but again there's people who like jimmy buffett and fish and stuff like that so i just don't understand it but maybe one day uh i will take it in just to kind of see uh to see what it's all about it's our final segment here with uh, greg Bedard of the boston sports journal I uh, just wanted to look ahead to the regular season here um i know you'll have all the projections and your mm-hmm. the roster battles and and everything happening, uh, you know, at the Boston Sports Journal when it comes to the team. But when you look ahead here to, to Philadelphia, uh, the number one thing I think you have to think about is that offensive line. It's hard not to with what they have defensively. But a lot of pressure on the Patriots' defense this year. When you're looking ahead to the Eagles, what? how do you think they look to stop Jalen Hurts and that Eagles offense? Well, I think they're going to... They're going to do what they normally do. They're going to try to not, not give up the big play. They're going to target certain guys in certain situations. I think they're going to try to they're going to try to make Jalen Hurts beat them from the pocket, and you know which is easier said than done. I think that the Patriots have used the last two preseason games, and I think Malik, Malik Willis being out there this week certainly was good training where they have worked on their must rush, which is you know what they're going to do against the Eagles, which is. Don't go by the quarterback. Don't give him any lanes. Keep him in the pocket. Make him beat you from the pocket and make him prove that he can because I have my doubts whether he can. Um, You know, I think that the Patriots' defense, like, you know, there's no better – there's no better time for them to get the Eagles than week one. They have had months to prepare for this game. This team and the way they run their offense is a monster to prepare for in a regular game week, like say it was week 10, like going from playing, say the chargers and Justin Herbert to this team, it's, it's night and day what you have to prepare for. So the Patriots have no excuse in my mind, defensively with all the guys they have back with all the time they had to prepare, they have no excuse not to put out a good product defensively against the Eagles. Now, that being said, the, the Patriots offensive line and their offense performing well enough to win this game in the Eagles would be the biggest upset since the 2001 Super Bowl to me. I mean, after what we've seen about how good they are, I mean, we're talking about one of the best, probably the best roster in the NFL across the board, and especially that defensive front. I don't know how they're going to run the ball. I don't know how they're going to protect. It is going to be a bear for this team to put up 20 points in this game. Just to uh, follow up on that for all the betters out there, uh, the Super Bowl loser in week one has struggled mightily. Uh, eight and 14 against the spread. Uh, eight and 14 straight up, four and 18 against the spread. So I, I think that you're right, Greg. Uh, having the Patriots had the time to prepare for this, uh, not to mention that they gave up, they had zero sacks in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs last year a team that had 70 
uh, throughout the regular season and playoffs last year. So uh, I agree with you. I think if they're going to get the Eagles, that week one is probably the right spot. And uh, look at Mm -hmm. that trend for Super Bowl losers when it comes to week one. No question. And they're at home and it's Tom Brady day. Like, you know, the, the defense has to, the defense has to carry them in this game. You got to help hope that the offense makes enough plays. I figure we're going to see quick games up the wazoo, a few targeted shot plays. You, you're hoping that the special teams makes a turnover or two and is, you know, gone from one of the worst in the league to one of the best under Joe judge. That's the formula for upsetting the Eagles in week one, but it is a tall, tall task. I'm looking at the uh, Pat's projections of seeing some places saying seven wins, six. Uh, Does that sound about right to you, or is there a chance that they can pull out some some more wins than that? Uh, Last time I did it, I was at eight and nine. I will have a revision um, right before the first game of the season. I don't know how much different it's going to be. Um, I need to get a better sense of where they are physically and how long guys are going to, it's going to take for guys to get back. But I wouldn't say it's, it's going to be a huge difference. Um, if anything, I would probably say it'd probably be one game less, maybe seven and 10 instead of eight and nine. Um, you know, it's, it, it's possible. And we need to see what kind of injuries happen around the league. Nothing catastrophic to the other teams in the league. In fact, in the division, I mean, the Jets, I think, have gotten better. They now have Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, I think the Dolphins uh, are are looking pretty strong. Their roster is looking pretty strong. And then the Bills are the Bills. Um, you know, so it's, uh, man, it's it, it's it looks like it's going to be a, a tough road for these Patriots. But uh, you never know until they kick off the ball. Uh, you mentioned the uh, trading a kicker. I, I looked it up. Uh, lately, they've just been going for about a late-round pick. Uh, there is a report that maybe Denver uh, might be looking for a kicker as well, just to give you another team to battle. Uh, but, yeah, it's about, about a sixth-round pick sound, right? Is that a good return for a guy like Nick Folk, or would they rather keep him? Great question. I mean, I could I could see – I mean, me, I want Bill to just play into his special team's specialty. I just want him to, like, keep both punters, keep both kickers, just – you know, go full middle finger finger to everybody. Um, you know, I I could see him doing that at kicker. I could see him not being sold on Barringer that like he could say, look, week one is going to week one's gonna come down to a field goal. I feel confident in our defensive plan. We'll do enough. It'll be close. Like I'm not leaving that up to the kid. We can trade Nick Folk later if we want to, maybe after week one or after the first four games. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, it would surprise me, but I could see it, yeah. One last one for you, Greg. Uh, how important is it to be better than 8-9 and nine this year for Bill Belichick to be back next season? Uh, I don't think it's huge. I think that, I think that to me, they got to get to 7-10 and 10 for him to definitely be safe in my mind. Um, you know, just knowing the crafts a little bit. 6-11. Um, and 11, it starts to get dicey, um, but, you know, I think it's really it, – it, a lot of it depends on how it looks. I mean, if they get off to a really rough start against the schedule early, say, in the first eight games, but they close really strong and they look like they're building something for next year and Mac Jones and the offense – because you got to remember, 
even though Billy O'Brien's coming back, a lot of times with these new offensive coordinators, it's not until the second half of the season. I mean, remember Tom Brady and the Bucks? They were like seven and five at some point and not in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it started to click towards the end and they won a Super Bowl. Um, so, you know, could could it happen where the Patriots get off to a rough start, but they look strong to close the season and build something in the next year? I can't see Belichick going anywhere at that point. All right. You can uh, find all his work at the Boston Sports Journal. Cutdown day is ahead. He'll have all the uh, coverage there for you. Greg, appreciate you staying up late with us tonight. And we will talk to you after the first regular season game uh, in two Sundays. Appreciate your time tonight. Can't wait. Thanks, guys. All right. Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. Check it out. I'm sure he'll have all his 53-man projections on there uh, for everyone to check out. we got another uh, hour to go here. Myself, Leroy Irvin, will uh, look ahead. Look at this team. And uh, I know some people are still on Team Zappy, <laughs> even though people have told me, hey, Joe, you stay. Uh, we'll take a break here. We'll go, Actually, we'll quick take a, a quick headline here, uh, and we'll pause 10 seconds for station ID here on the Safety Insurance 98.5 The Sports on Patriots Radio Network.